Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes with your host, Jay and Trey. Hey everybody, welcome to summer in 2020. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot to do right now, but that, that's the world we're living in. You are listening live to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, June the 27th, 2020. I'm Dre, he's Jay. 2020 just keeps rolling along, and I do mean rolling, like steamrolling over everybody. Uh once again, Jay, uh, what's going on in the world? There's just nothing happening out here, right? No, I mean we we could probably do this show twice a week, and yeah. and and fill major content with the the way the news cycle has been, um, with Corona, with politics, with sports, or you know just just the hint of sports has got people, you know, getting a little excited or up in arms, and with all the announcements you know with the will they or won't they um with nba and then you know baseball and football and you know i think they're all very cute because i've i've got the opinion now when it comes to the major sports that i'll believe it when i actually see it right and not only that but even when it does happen and it feels like it's going to at least begin like the the push to begin it is it feels like inevitable like there's yeah you could have people uh dropping left and right every single day which basically you do and these sports are going to get their their sports sports is going to sports no matter what yeah uh whether they're going to continue to sports after a while or, or have to just com- completely shut down again that's another issue but sports is yeah gonna i mean get are we going to have that are we going to have that moment where NBA game, you know, gets the, like we had with the NCAA right before it started with the conference tournaments, uh, where they're literally pulling the guys off the court at halftime. Yeah, you might have. So somebody's going to have to run into the bubble in Orlando and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we got to well, stop playing have, again. I was having this discussion at work today because we were talking about the NBA players because was it was 16 out of 300 tested positive for the goop? Already. And, oh, hang on a second. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hi. How are you been... doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Good. <laughs> we've we've been chatting on Facebook uh, lately. Uh, so you've been using Facebook a lot now? No, my mom has Facebook, so then I have Messenger. Okay. Yeah, there, there is a difference. Yep. Is that so you laughing or Grant? Both of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, tell Grant hi for me. I miss both you guys. I miss you too. Grant can talk to you in three, two, one, and go. Hi. Hi, Grant. How you doing, buddy? Good. 
good. You've been home all spring and all summer. What you been What you been doing? Playing Minecraft with my dad. Okay. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great now. I was sick a couple of weeks ago, but I got better. And so now I'm feeling great. Thank you for asking. What are you doing for summer? Well, I have to work. Um, I, my job is not uh, stopping. I still got to go to work every day. Um, Goodbye. Bye, Grant. Happy pants, loser pants. What? <laughs> oh, well, I guess those those two. If you ever need a stand-in when I'm not around, you, you got a couple of you got a couple of little future hosts. Uh, oh, they're just they are just uh, beside themselves right now. They're very happy. They they got to talk about uh, loser pants. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, they're just downstairs telling my wife all about how excited they are that they got to talk to you. So, ah, well, there you go. We upped the cute factor. We did, and and Grant actually wanted to know how I was doing, which is like I, I, the first I time was, anyone's I ever asked me. I was very proud. I was very yeah. proud. Well, you know, you gotta, yeah, it's got a we future in politics. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> taking oh, it to heart. Somebody listened. Oh my God, that's 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 a shocker. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Where was I? <laughs> oh, okay. Getting into the sports. Sports is going to sports. Well, the, 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 you know, when 16, was a 16 out of the 300 NBA players tested positive. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's not like it is with the rest of the country where, you know, like I went through where I got tested because I was sick, but I didn't have it. And then you got sick and you did have it. These NBA players just took the test because that was, I believe, just the league made them do it. Right. Everybody that's going and, in the bubble is going right. to get tested. So these are, these are guys who are healthy. They are in the prime of their lives, right? These guys are, they're, they're ripped, you know, none of them were sick by any measure and autumn. And just out of 300 NBA superstars, five, uh, 5% of them test positive for the coronavirus. That should be a bigger story and it's not being hardly talked about at all, other than in the sports realm. I mean, they just took a basically a blind sample here, not even a blind sample, just a sample of 300 of the healthiest people in, in the country. And completely unawares, 5% of those players have the coronavirus. That, that should be, you know, I don't know why that's not being talked about more than it is. Um because to this point, you know, with the with the testing, it's basically it's like you feel sick, you go get tested. You just don't. I didn't wake up last week and go, I think I want to go get Corona tested. <laughs> you know, so this was a group of people who were not symptomatic, who were perfectly healthy. They were just there because the job made them do it, so that they could go play for you know the NBA and and continue their season. And sixteen out of three hundred, just by pure luck, had it. And yeah, very, very important. Say that again louder for for the folks in the back there. Asymptomatic. These dudes are just walking around carrying yeah. it and passing it on to people, to people completely right. unaware that they even have it. 
which is why you do something drastic, like say, I don't know, shut down everything and give it more than like two fucking weeks until you say, let's start trying to maybe yeah. open back well, up again. Give it more nine, time. We had nine weeks. We had nine weeks here in Wisconsin of shutdown. And to tell you, on May 13th, since when they rescinded the order, and you look at the graph for Wisconsin, we've never gone really below the numbers that we had even from when they ended the shutdown. And we're actually at a point now where over the last three, four days, they've started to see the numbers are going up and the percentage of positive tests are going up. So it's, it's there. There's, there's nothing that, you know, you know, I, I, I unfortunately um, feel like they shot their, they shot their wad with the whole shutdown thing. It's become, it, it's, it's very hard for everybody to just turn around and just once you've opened up the box, you know, once you've opened up the Pandora's box of letting everybody, letting everybody go back to normal, it's to be very hard to rein that all back in again. Yes, that is absolutely right. And that's why they should have never opened up the damn Pandora's box in the first place. No, sure. you're, you're right. And I talked and I told you about the fraud. I, I, I'm still standing by the fraud and not because I thought that the actual idea of shutting down was a fraud. I thought that the just the blatant hypocrisy of, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't have coronavirus, but coronavirus is giving me a nasty case of the whiplash, because if you pay attention to the media coverage of it, we had coronavirus and we conveniently didn't have any coronavirus for the three weeks of all the George Floyd stuff. And now that that's starting to like lose its oomph in the news cycle. Oh, man, it's just Corona all over again. It's like, wait, wait a minute. So did Corona just take a three week vacation? Or did we just conveniently forget about it because there was another narrative that was being pushed? And that's what is so sad is that when it wasn't in the forefront, people go, ah, we don't have to worry about it anymore, you know? And, you know, at one point you're being uh, – there, uh, there, there was a thing out there with NBC News, you know, and this is not a political statement, but this was literally – like within one hour, NBC News put out like two different tweets or two different news articles at one praising like the protests saying, you know, you're not going to get the corona. And then an hour later condemning uh, Trump for wanting to have a rally within an hour. Those were two news stories as if coronavirus skips one, but will automatically go target the other. And the hypocrisy from my standpoint, has been in totally in the coverage and in the information that's being fed to the American people. It's just bullshit. It's, it's just political. If you watch certain, you know, news media, it's, you know, this person's fault. If you watch the other opposite view, it's the other per- – oh, it's just – it's so ridiculous. And so in the meantime, and I think you and I have both figured this out, nobody's really looking out for us. Just the general public. There's really nobody out there looking out for us. I think the smart people and the scientists and the the medical people have always tried to look out for us. They get beat over the head and shoved down by the political people and the talking heads because um, they don't want the actual truth that's out a bold, there. That's a, a both-side thing. To no. me, that's, that's Trump, that's governors, that's mayors, that's whoever it benefits the most is going to skew the numbers their way. So basically it's politics. It's just politics, except this time the capital, unfortunately, is lives. Yeah, everything seems to be political, unfortunately, these days. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about any football in a long time, uh, especially since the football season oh, ended. The draft. We talked about the draft. 
We talked about a little bit about the draft. We're going to have a, a football guest on. We have a caller, and it's our oh. good buddy, Naj in Atlanta. How you doing, Naj? I'm hanging there. I'm hanging in there. How you brothers doing? We're, I guess we can't we're, complain. We're, we're, we're fighting <laughs> like everybody else. Indeed, indeed. No, no, no look, I'll I, I just make a couple of points and get out of you guys' way. But there comes a point to where authoritarian regimes kind of have a benefit in the midst of a pand- uh, pandemic, and that's what kind of what we're looking at. Uh, it's easy to coerce their populations, so they're having better results because they're doing what? Better practices. Uh, when you talk about China, do you know that somebody goes to the grocery store or goes to a barbershop or whatever? There's a log detailing who's been there. They write their name down. That person is logged in. And if that person has symptoms later on, they go back through contact tracing and figure out who could have possibly been exposed because that person was there. That's the level of detail you need to handle something like this. And as you can see, that's not really what we're doing. So that's why we're in trouble. But I I would push back on the idea that this is a both sides thing. Uh, This is firmly into the lap of the president. Uh, He took on this impossible task in the worst way possible, meaning this was going to be bad no matter what he did, but he handled it so badly and then had to double down on that and then convince his supporters to decide this is the way that they were rolling, that now we're in the situation we're in and you still got people who are saying they don't want to wear masks, they think everything should be open, everybody else is the problem, calling people snowflakes. And, of course, the media is bad hell. The bleeds and leads, that's our, 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 the carrots and sticks for the media are our ultimate problem. The idea that any ridiculous story uh, is going to get you copied, going to get you, you know, retweets, links, likes, everything else, uh, that leads to a situation where our media is not informative, it's inflammatory. So I, I would agree with him there. But when we start saying both sides, I think we are missing a huge historical moment where 30 years from now, people are going to look back on this and say, what the hell was the GOP doing? What the hell was 45 doing? Like, this is really, really, really going to bear out in a bad way. Now, of course, you could say the Dems are ineffective, haven't come up with good policy, won't be, uh, won't be strided about what should be done. So, you know, their waffling should be, you know, ridiculed. I agree. But I think when we say both sides, I think we are missing the big picture here because we are seeing a historical moment that uh, we read about when we were younger. Hey, this happened on this day and such and such date. You know what I'm saying? So this, this is going to be, uh, you know, this is going to be something going forward in the next few months. And, yes, the protesters, yes, there's going to be a lot of people who come up with COVID uh, from going out to the protest. Some of them wore masks. Some of them didn't. Some of them screamed and yelled. Some of them were side by side. Yes, there's going to be bad outcomes from that as well. It didn't go away. The rules don't change because uh, if, if your mood is ju- if, if your movement is justified or not, uh, virus just does what it does. It's the virus. So yes, we're going to see an up, uh, uptick from that as well, man. But uh, hopefully we get things in order and, and people start understanding. Like, look, this is a long fight. This is not a six month thing. And if we just if we just do what we're supposed to do for a couple of weeks, then we get a cookie afterwards. No, you got to fight this out to the end. So hopefully better days are ahead, man. But salute to y'all. Love the show as always. 
Have a good night. Thanks a lot, Lash. All right. Lash, thank uh, you. Appreciate it. A lot of interesting points there. I hope uh, Naj isn't uh, advocating for dictatorial uh, rule and, and making that uh, acting like that's the only way no, we can no, get people no. to follow the rules. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I had this. It's got to be better ways than that. I had this conversation oh, with my mom, and my mom is my mom is solidly. <laughs> I had this conversation with my mom because my mom is solidly like anti-Trump, and I, I am very open and honest about the fact that I fall pretty much in the middle, you know, because you go too far one side or the other and it, it really scares the hell out of me. And you and I have always had that discussion that being independent or moderate makes you look crazy to both sides. Right. Because when you, 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 know, can. you get it, you can get attacked basically from both sides. And I had this conversation with my mom and she's just, oh, it's just Trump, 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 Trump. And I'm like, mom, I, I do appreciate the difficulty of all, because everything he does is wrong, no matter what. It doesn't matter if he does the right thing, he's doing the wrong thing because there is just a, an opposition or a resistance that it really doesn't matter. Um, because my mom's like, well, he should have shut us down early. I'm like, okay, so when we shut down here and things started to shut down in the country, virtually nothing had happened, right? Like nobody had really died in the United States. Very few people had even had coronavirus in the United States and, and things were already shutting down. And it, it was all the states who did it, the states individually, like once one state did it, and then every all the other governors sort of started falling. And, and I tried to have this conversation with my mom, like, you know, if this had happened from a federal level or a mandate or an executive order with nobody dead, it doesn't matter whether or not he did the right thing. Oh, could you imagine how up and remember all the people who showed up like to protest about going back to work, it would have been the opposite because now it's an authoritarian thing and it's a, it, it's totalitarianism and it's Emperor Trump. And like it, so yeah, that, that was an almost untenable situation because back when he shut down uh, travel from China, he got attacked for that. See, people will conveniently forget that, but we don't, we don't forget things here at, in much less detail. And when they shut down the, the travel ban from China, all of a sudden you've got like uh, de Blasio and Nancy Pelosi and all these people, you know, all, all the bicoastal people all going, no, 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 no. Go support your Chinese communities. Go to Chinatown. Go have your parades. It didn't matter what Trump did. And, and that's the point. That's how toxic the atmosphere is, is. Even if he did the right thing, there'd be an opposition telling you he's doing the wrong thing. So how do you win? I do remember that. Um, and of course, the pushback to that is how about we go with what the smart people are saying to do, which the the Dr. Fauci's and the people mm. of that ilk at the time were saying, we well, need to shut stuff yeah. down. And finally, eventually, he you listened. Mean, but the same Dr. Fauci who just admitted this last week to lying to the whole country about masks not working? He said that he lied. He, he said, Oh, that. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Mm. You have to go back and find that one. This last week, because what happened was right at the very beginning, uh, the word coming from Fauci and all of them was that masks are not effective. And then this last week he came back and said, well, no, we only really said that because we didn't want people rushing out to get the masks because the healthcare professionals needed them. Uh, but, yeah, that was a total lie. And that's documented. I'm not making this up. Okay, I'll, I'll have to search that out. Um, 
That's that's actually a decent reason to lie because they they were running out of stuff anyway. The the personal that's understandable, equipment. but you cannot be cast as the 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 trusted advisor if you are lying to people. If the if the message to people is well, there's a shortage of masks right now and we need the masks for the healthcare professionals and we're going to do all the social distancing and we're going to do the lockdown, you know, and please, now, please don't. That I remember the, there was, there was definitely yeah. telling people to let's not try to grab every mask you can possibly find. Sure. Let's actually leave some out there for the, for the professionals who need it. I will, I will send that to you. It's, okay. it, it exists. It's not, and it's it's not a it's not like drudge or something like that. I mean it's 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 real. It's on you know it's not Breitbart or or HuffPo or anybody you know because those are sort of your your opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, we're just gonna basically take any story and use it to crush the other side, sort of uh, sort of places. But yeah, it's like the whole thing is like if they would. You know, I think it, part of me, I remember talking about this at work, was about it all, how it all felt like a giant, like it feels like a giant social experiment. And if we ever wanted to know as a country how long you could shut people down for before they really kind of get uppity, we got the answer. It's two months. It's about a couple months. Two months. Two people will put up with it for two months. And then after that, they won't care how many people die <laughs> no. as long as they can go have a beer or go to the beach or burn down Wendy's, they're fine, but you better not lock them up for more than two months. Look, it's, it's been two months. Karen needs her fucking haircut, all right? We can't have this. Karen, <laughs> Karen's starting to look like a French poodle. It's not just the haircut thing. I mean, it, it, it's funerals. It's weddings. I mean, there were, there were people who were, like, dying who couldn't see their loved ones before they died. You know, that stuff, you know, is when you start to see, like, there were people who were affected by this in different ways. Um, you know, or, or like somebody was in a, like the nursing homes and like people literally just dying alone um, because nobody was allowed to be around anybody. So that, that's not just, oh, it's, you know, some middle-aged woman needs her haircut. No, but that's sure that again, if it bleeds, it leaves, as Naj was saying, that's what was being put on the news. And this is all a big backlash to uh, all these people that need their haircuts and need to go to the gym to get a workout, even though you can work out anywhere. You don't have to. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't buy it particularly into that one. So I was never really one of the people who was like, hey, trust me, I needed a haircut too. <laughs> Pretty bad. Uh, yeah, and as far as the uh, the Dodge's actual first point about the the dictatorial need to oh. to make people <laughs> do the right thing, I, I, I see I, what he was trying to say there. I was joking with him that he was uh, advocating for a, a dictatorship. Were you? Uh, were you? Were you he, joking? I, you joking? Well, I, I, <laughs> I I said I was joking, but you don't really know. Do you? No, um, no, I, I was joking. But he, his point is, you, there's plenty of places that are not dictatorships that you can look around that did the right thing. That the the, the community. Yeah, South Korea, South Korea, uh, but again, that's a very that's a small small country, but with a very uh, compact, you know, high density population, and they they locked that thing down, and they had people getting their temperatures checked, and they were pretty rigid about it, and. Uh, they beat it pretty quick. And New Zealand as well. Um, another small New country, Zealand I understand. New Zealand is literally but... an island. 
<laughs> yeah, very, I very mean, small. All you have to do is close the airports and don't go out for a couple <laughs> of weeks. It's like that's like saying Iceland didn't have a huge problem with they didn't. The, the, um, the point. The, goop. the point being. It was a population in those cases of people who they didn't have to be dictated to. They just aren't American and therefore can actually see the benefit of shutting down and staying in and cutting this thing off and actually helping other people, which Americans don't want to do because they're Americans. I guarantee you South Korea is a much more educated country than we are. Almost all these other countries are better educated than we are. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to see how this got out of control here in, in America, and uh, Trump is a part of it, but he's certainly not the reason. Like people and, can and that's, all, that's the only be, point I'm trying people to can make. be good people without the president being a good person. That, that I, I am not. I I cannot abide by the people who are going to literally tell you that like all uh, Trump, these hundred and twenty four thousand people who've died of this, they're on you. Because the point then would be, let's say Trump wasn't president. So if Trump wasn't president and Trump loses the election back in 2016 and we have Hillary as president, are you telling me the number would be zero? That 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 that, that she would have been any more effective? No, this is this is a global pandemic that is you, wrecking everywhere. You just asked two different questions. You said would there be zero, and the answer is of course not. And then you said that would she be more effective? And the answer is, of course, you would have been more effective. He's adult and Trump is not. That's two different situations. No, it wouldn't have been zero. It would have been a hell of a lot better than this. But I will agree that 120,000 deaths is not on Trump. A lot of those deaths would have happened no matter what. This stuff was coming over no matter what. Yeah. We could have cut it off and made it made the impact a lot less than it was. That is true. But sure. it was still coming anyway. A lot of those deaths were inevitable, unfortunately. Sure. When the first when the first initial reaction of the administration was to initiate travel bans and you were called a racist, that that was a would a, uh, would a democratic regime action. have instituted travel bans? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I so so I'm not saying we don't know how this would have played out, but in my mind, if I play it out and I try to think of like you know. Where, where you have one side, like Trump, you know, when people are like, Trump's a little bit too authoritarian, where you have the other side, which is super fresh, dope, woke, which, you know, I don't see the authoritarian part. So to Naja's point, which one of our parties is going to be the one more likely to shut down? It's honestly, whichever one's not in power. Because it's that mm-hmm. heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown. So shutting everything down or not shutting everything down isn't just a snap of the fingers and an easy decision. Back in March when nobody had really died and very few people even had it, and to tell 360 million people, just just, just to be sure, we're going to lay you all off work. <laughs> we're going to have 40 million people lose their jobs. We just want to be sure. That's why I'm saying easy this, about this it, thing no. had a life of its own. So I don't particularly see any one president or governor or mayor who would have handled this any better or any differently. We don't like Trump because he's a he's boorish and he talks out of his ass most of the time. But I don't think Trump was literally like killing grandmas. I uh, I'll agree a little bit with that. Not all of these deaths are on him. That's that's for sure. Um, 
the uh, point of this show was for somebody yes. on the show to give a, <laughs> a half hour into the show. This so is Kingdom Not was, Sequitur. It is, and we're, we're halfway. <laughs> well, was someone to give their first, their first hand account of actually contracting COVID nineteen? This this thing that's sweeping the nation, that's shut our yep. world down, that has changed our world for the worse, certainly. Uh, that has affected just about everybody in the world in one way or another. Um, and it has unfortunately darkened the doors here uh, of my house. Uh, and here's how everything went down. Our last show was uh, on Saturday, June the 6th. And on that show, we were discussing that someone at my job had contracted COVID-19. Yeah. So three weeks Prom- ago today prompting me to uh, move out of my house and get a hotel room while I got tested to see if I had it, even though I had no symptoms, I just wanted to be sure and, and get tested and see if I had it, which it it, it came back negative. So I was uh, able to move back and do that show uh, three weeks ago. And I was thinking at that point, I'm in the clear because now this person is out. Uh, She had not returned back to work. Um, a second person, this part I don't remember, a second person tested positive that uh, yeah. and both people work in the same area that I do in, in the, the area of the bank that I work at. Um, I don't remember if I had, uh, if that had happened when we did our last show. Um, but in any event. Yeah, I so think when we people, did the last show, you had the one person for sure who had it. And then I thought maybe a second person thought that she might have had it. Suspected to, or it was, okay. you know, so, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so it, she did have it. She, it came. She did. She did come oh, okay. back positive, um, and she uh, has not returned to work yet either. So that's where uh, I stood three weeks ago, thinking that I did not have it, and thinking and knowing that the person who had it was gone, and they were cleaning and furiously trying to sanitize and make sure that her area was uh, taken care of, and that so from you know going forward. Hey, let's just keep being careful and washing our hands and, and wearing our masks and everything should be fine. Not too long after that show, three weeks ago, over the next week or so, I was feeling fine physically, but I noticed some things that weren't supposed to be going on. Some, some things were a little off. First, I noticed that a few things started not tasting right, like we, uh, my wife and I had ordered a, a pickup dinner and I had ordered carrot cake from whatever place as a dessert. And I remarked to her, and this was, I'm, I'm on the, I spitballing, but I want to guess like the Wednesday after that show. So that would be June the uh, 10th. 10th. Yeah. I remarked to her, she asked how the carrot cake was. And I remarked, it was, it was okay. It wasn't as sweet as I remember. And, you know, just whatever it is, is the carrot cake wasn't as sweet. I didn't think much of it. Then I started noticing over the next couple of days, other things weren't tasting quite the same. It wasn't that it was really bad or, you know, really awful tasting. It just everything, mostly the, like anything with, with some sugar and it mostly sweet stuff uh, wasn't tasting exactly right. Then I started noticing around that following weekend, which would be the weekend of June 13th and 14th, like I just randomly started realizing that there's things I should be smelling 
that I'm not smelling. Like my uh, air freshener in my bathroom, um, I, I don't like the smell of it. I'm using it because I paid for it and I'm black. And I, if I paid for it, I'm going to have to use it. But I noticed that I used it and didn't smell it like I normally do. And I thought, that's strange. Why can't I smell that? I usually smell it when I spray because I don't like it. And so it didn't even dawn on me at that point that something was really wrong or something really bad was going on. So one of those nights, I think Sunday, so I think Sunday the 14th, my wife cooked uh, breakfast for dinner. So you got eggs, you got uh, sausage, you got stuff yeah. cooking in the kitchen. It smells like breakfast for dinner, except I saw that it was breakfast for dinner, but I didn't smell a thing. And I said, uh-oh, this is not right. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I'm looking at, you know, eggs in the skillet and, and the thing of sausage. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at, it, I'm eating it. I'm looking at, I, I can't smell it. Like I, I absolutely cannot smell it. I was Still not completely sure, maybe in a little bit of denial, so I didn't tell my wife this, uh, but I was thinking that this, that something weird was definitely going on. But I wasn't necessarily thinking coronavirus because I was going off of what you know the media was pushing forward as the things to look for when this thing first hit, which is the fever and the mm-hmm. uh, sore throat and the uh, cough. Uh, and, and diarrhea and stuff like that. I really didn't know that about any other symptoms. I was really on the lookout for that. I, it was kind of pushed as this is what you look for for coronavirus. Yeah. And There's a whole laundry list now. Now, yeah. Um, but after being in denial and, and thinking, you know, something's wrong, but I, I don't want to really admit it to myself or to my wife or anything like that. So the next day, Monday, uh, I go to work. So I think that's the 15th. Um, I go to work. I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to see if I can smell my lunch and I'm going to get a burger and I'm going to see what's going on here. And I can't smell my deodorant. I can't smell my, my bath, uh, my bath, uh, soap, my body wash. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to get a burger. And if I can't smell a burger, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go, I'm going to tell my wife and I'm going to go, get another hotel room or something and I'm going to take a coronavirus test. Cause even though I don't know this is a symptom for coronavirus, I got something, something's wrong here. I'm not, and I still didn't have any other physical symptoms. Like I wasn't feeling sick. I didn't have a cough. I didn't have a sore throat or anything like that, but I just, um, stuff wasn't tasting right and I couldn't smell a thing. Uh, so I left work after work, uh, Monday. Um, I called my wife. I said, I, I got to, get a coronavirus test again uh, because I can't smell anything. And she's the one that actually like sort of freaked out and left the house and got a hotel room. And she left the the house to me and said, okay, you're going to quarantine there this time. And I'm getting the hell out of here. So that was Monday uh, the 15th. She cut right out. I set up a coronavirus test for the next day, Tuesday. Um, Finally started feeling some other symptoms around that same time, Tuesday, Wednesday, like a little sore throat, a little bit of a cough, some body aches. Um, I had some chills um, and my, my breath was just the worst. Like I, that's when I kind of knew I had it was something was going on inside of me that was making my breath smell like something so awful. I can't even describe it. Like I obviously had some kind of virus or something inside of me because it was just terrible. 
they called me, uh, the health department, on Wednesday uh, and said that I indeed tested positive, but I, I, I already knew. that. That's why that moment that they called me and, and said, you got the goop, is not even a, a blip on my radar because I, I knew I'm sitting up there, you know, with the dragon breath and can't, can't smell shit and, uh, and the and the burning sensation in my throat, my respiratory was giving me a little bit of a of an issue. Like deep breaths was was kind of hurting my throat and my chest. And so I knew I had it. I, I fucking knew before they even called me. Um, so that was uh, so Wednesday the seventeenth, I believe. Um, they gave me uh, during that call. They they were a little rushed. You could tell they were busy at the at the health department here in Tennessee. Uh, but they did give me a little bit of uh, advice when they called me. Um, do not take ibuprofen if you suspect coronavirus. That seems to be something that uh, pushes the symptoms along. Uh, they don't want you to take ibuprofen, take Tylenol instead. Uh, another tip they gave me is this thing is going to, when it runs its course, it's going to come out and, and excrete through your uh, you know, your number two. Uh, so you want to put the toilet lid down before flushing when you when you take a boo-boo because you don't want to spray that stuff back up in the air for everybody else to catch. And I said, oh, I, I never even thought of that. So I thought that was very good advice. And take deep breaths, of course, uh, and walk around. And that's so that whatever you do have, whatever version of coronavirus, whatever strain, you don't want that to settle in your lungs. You don't want to be, you know, you're going to be tired. You're not going to feel like doing anything. You're going to, you know, you're, you're sick. So you're going to want to feel like just, you know, chilling and taking it completely easy, which I mostly did. But you do have to get up and, and move around a little bit. You don't want that stuff settling on your lungs. And that's when when some real uh, problems can possibly arise is when that happens. So I, I definitely took that to, to, to heart. Uh, I definitely did not want to wind up in a hospital. I wanted to make sure that I did what I had to do so that the symptoms didn't get worse and worse. Um, and that was really my big goal for that two weeks of quarantine was just to keep active, uh, keep this stuff moving through uh, and make sure uh, that I did all I could to avoid ever having to uh, make a hospital trip. I was determined to ride out that quarantine, keep that crap moving through me. A um, couple of days after they called me and said I tested positive, I actually started to turn around. I finally started uh, to smell some things again very faintly. It did not come back immediately. It was just like this thing that I smelled a little whiff of something that I uh, didn't know that I could smell at all. And once that started happening, I became a smelling fool. I was smelling everything to make to see, you know, is it all the way back? Is it coming back? Is it halfway back? Is it? I was just randomly sitting there and, and just grabbing my deodorant and said, no, nah, I still don't smell that yet. It's not back yet. But I, I did catch a whiff of something else earlier. I, I knew I, I could smell a little bit. And then the next day I would grab the body wash and the, 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 the Irish spring, the strong shit. And I, I think I, I think I smell it a little bit, just a small little. I, I think I can. And then the next day I would grab it and grab my deodorant. And, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. It's starting to come back. I've never been so happy to smell things in my entire uh, life. Uh, <laughs> and you were home for two weeks. So at what point did you smell yourself? Uh, That did not come back immediately either. Um, <laughs> like, what's that? 
never right. missed that. Oh, that's but, me. That's me. That's the thing. I, I knew my I knew about my dragon breath not because I could smell it, but because I could like feel it. Like you you know how you can feel oh, your yeah, breath funky, and how funky mouth, it, yeah. yeah. Or you can, you can taste just, it. Yeah, yeah, that was it too. I could I could taste the the, the funkiness and kind of feel the, the, the foulness on the inside of my mouth, even though I couldn't. Like you really couldn't smell brush it. it away. I, exactly. And I, I I had to change toothbrushes and everything because it was it was bad. Um but uh, now smelling myself wasn't really a problem because I was doing a good job of keeping <laughs> yeah. myself clean. No. So no, I, that's I did good. take showers. Hygiene is good. I was alone. Yes. Hygiene is always good. Um over the next few days, my respiratory issues uh, went away. I slowly came back to my normal self. My breathing uh, got better. My smell slowly returned. My sore throat cleared up. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like I know the, the when I got it. Like I know the moment that I knew I had it was when I started tasting things funny and when I couldn't smell anything. And I also feel like I know the moment that I was good again. Like when I... Uh, did a, a workout video and didn't feel like I wanted to collapse and die. Like it's it, okay, finally my my respiratory system is is back and, and doing what it's supposed to do, and um, I, I don't feel completely completely awful. So uh, I feel like I knew when it was all good. And at that point, there was one uh, morning where I just woke up and said, "You know what? They haven't released me off quarantine yet." But I feel damn good. I feel like I don't have this stupid thing anymore. I got to get some breakfast. I got to go to Bryant's down here in Memphis. I got to get some good shit. I got out in, in my truck and for the first time in a couple of weeks, and, and I drove to Bryant's and got breakfast, even though I had not officially been released yet. Oh, I, I had to. What? I did it. I was that maverick out there in line and somewhat, somewhat close to people in civilization even though I hadn't officially been cleared off of quarantine, I was the maverick. I was the bad boy. I did it. Now I had my mask on. I was yeah. uh, you know, protecting and, and making sure that I was taking all the precautions. I wasn't standing right next to people in line and stuff like that. So um, it wasn't like I was running out and like spitting everywhere in the air and trying to spread it around or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I just had to, I had to get out. And, and the irony of doing that is like, Literally two or three hours after I had ate breakfast is when the health department called me and took me off of quarantine. So. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so that was all good anyway. You knew. You knew better knew. than they knew. You knew. I did. I, I always so are you back like at work? Better than everybody. I am back at work. Um, they had to. Uh, I had to take another uh, test to make sure it came up sure. negative before before they yeah. would let me come back to work, which I I did that. Um, but. It's not all good because on Wednesday the 17th, my wife, who, remember, ran out of the house when I called and yeah. told her that I couldn't smell anything. Uh, my wife, who had not been near me since Sunday the 14th, uh, texted me and said she couldn't smell anything. And I was like, oh, shit. So how many and days apart was it for you two? That would be three, but when I first started noticing my taste was a little off and my smell and who knows when my smell really disappeared. Cause I really didn't even realize it for a long time. But when right. I first started noticing my taste was a little off was a few days before that. So in the middle of the week, like the 11th, the 12th, something like that. So we, so we're talking to probably 
two, anywhere between two and five days where I okay. was the sort of symptomatic. Is, you know, that's the whole. Mm-hmm. That's the whole number that you hear is that you know you catch it, and you catch it from somebody possibly unwittingly. And right. obviously you're unwittingly catching it, but I mean, the person who's giving it to you is unwittingly also giving it to you because they're asymptomatic and it can take, I've heard anywhere from two to 14 days, but I guess the universal number is about five. And that's the thing. That's part of the story is how I caught it thinking that I didn't have it because I got tested a few days after I was around yeah. the person who ultimately had it. And that first test said I didn't have it, so I thought I was but, good. Yes. But what you don't know is you might have it, it, but it hasn't. Who hasn't? It hasn't developed yet. And that, yeah, right. that's another part too. Is I may have actually come in contact with. Someone. I might not have caught it from the person I think I caught it from. That is you true. You might not that have caught it. Absolutely from true. I, that's true. I, I so that's I the whole trick. That's what that's Naja's point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, beyond the embracing of totalitarian regimes. I'm kidding. Um, Hell. No. <laughs> no, I don't think he meant that totalitarian. Um, oh. uh, yeah. The point is that we don't have the proper, you know, contact tracing mm-hmm. and, and knowing where, who was where and what was happening. Cause you know, you assume that you caught it from work, but you really don't know. Actually don't know. Or you think you caught it from the person at work who was the obviously sick person without knowing how many of of the people around them were the not obviously sick people that you could have caught it from as well. That's the uh, silver lining good news is that I honest to God expected when I came back to work for the first time this past Thursday, so that's the 25th, um, I honestly thought I was, they were going to tell me there's been this many more positive tests at work and we're just a big breeding ground for the shit. And there have not been any other positive tests. The the three people so far that have tested positive are all from the same section, which is the section I'm in. Okay. Uh, so thank, thankfully, we haven't spread it around to everybody else, which is... Uh, I was waiting for thing. you to tell me that you showed up back to work and you were the only one there. Because everybody else has died. <laughs> no, everybody else was home on quarantine. Or everyone else got smart and said, I'm not coming to this fucking job because it's not worth my life, which is what I should have done, but... I, I have not done. Uh, there's, trust me, I will. I, I can't tell the story, but from personal experience, I've seen it happen. Let's just say that. I'm sure. I, I'm sure it happens. I have not seen it with my own eyes, but I've heard stories of you know somebody tests positive, and then the next thing you know, there's a whole lot of people just not showing up to work. I understand it. That's 100%. here in Wisconsin. That's, and, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, fu- it's not funny. It's, I'm going to say it's funny, but it's not funny. Um, you know, we talked three weeks ago, and I was talking about how relatively calm, all the way back to the very beginning, this part of the state that I live in has been. And this, you know, like central Wisconsin, these counties around where I live are all starting to sort of just like explode with, with cases. Now, explode with cases isn't what it is in like Florida or California or any of those states <clears throat> or Tennessee <clears throat> or Tennessee. Well, yeah, we were up 800 today. I saw, you know, Wisconsin's been 500, 500 pretty regular. Um, but the area that I'm in has gone up a lot now right. as a percentage of the population. It's, 
infinitesimal. I mean, get 140 people out of 135,000 that have tested positive in the county that I live in, that's a pretty low number. That's like 0.1%. It was also a real low number in March nationwide. But, yeah, but back on May 13th, when they stopped the lockdown here, when the the Supreme Court said, you know, nope, it's all open. Everybody just go do what you were doing. It's fine. Um, I think the number in our county was only like 35 or 40. Right. So it's darn near tripled in five weeks. And imagine what it's been doing in, in Florida and Texas, like you were saying, those places where they've really been chomping at the bit to get out. And, yeah, and I remember like what is, is it this, like DeSantis, you know, the governor of Florida, you right. know, opening his mouth up back in early May and in April about, oh, look at yeah, Florida, we're hardly having any problems. <laughs> got Take this that, thing, New York. Mm-hmm. Take that, New York. <laughs> we got this thing care of. They're like ten grand today. 10,000 right. people. Um, but it, it, if you look at the map, you look at sort of like the Happy heat summer. map of coronavirus, it's the South. It, the South's getting crushed right now, which is the right. total opposite of what you would know about the flu, which is that the warmer weather drives it away. And now it's the Carolinas and Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and Florida and Texas. It's like, wait a minute, Nevada. So it's not yeah. even like humid heat and dry heat, Arizona. So you got the, the like the, the the dry wet hot west is it's like what, something's going on here where it's like you know originally it was runners are running through Illinois Michigan like so it's basically just moved south is what's happened so I don't know if it's a new strain is it a mutation but you've got the upper Midwest and New York and New Jersey and Washington and all the places that were getting crushed early on back in April. For the, and, you know, Minnesota was really bad for a while. And now it seems like you look at the map of all the states that are getting hit, and they're all down south. And how long is it before that just flips again? Yeah, it feels like it's it's just moving like a big fucking cloud, you know? It's like a wave. It's just rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a hurricane, and it's just spinning. And, you Let's know, play baseball. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I, I'll believe it when I see it. Do you think it's not going to happen, like, at all? Like, so opening day is supposed to be, what, uh, July the 30th-ish? July 24th. Okay. I believe, because I thought it was originally going to be the 30th or the 25th, and then they moved it back, and I would see in July 24th, which I believe is a Friday. Um, I think 30th is the NBA's uh, reopening. Yes, which is even harder to stomach because they're playing in Florida, <laughs> which is just getting absolutely annihilated right now with the virus. But they're in a bubble, so they'll be fine. But right. While five percent of the players, the healthiest <laughs> guys on earth, randomly just have coronavirus. Asymptomatic. But they'll be fine. They're in a bubble. <sighs> sure. They'll give it to each other. <laughs> just to clean up my um experiences, um I, I hope I hope I, uh that I help some people out there by letting you know, hey, don't think it's just about the fever and the cough. There's a lot of other things that uh you have to watch out for um, just so that people aren't thinking that my wife is in some kind of serious peril. She presented with very similar symptoms to me. Uh, uh, taste was, was off in her smell. She couldn't smell anything. She's got yeah. more of a cough than I did, but she kind of always has more of a cough. That's sort of 
how she lives. She kind of lives with a cough, but uh, she's doing well. She feels a little better every day. She's been doing breathing exercises and, and keeping her uh, airways clear, and she's still at that same hotel. They've got to know that she's uh, got something, whether it's coronavirus or some illness, because she doesn't leave her room, and if anyone walks by her room, they probably hear her coughing like all the time, and they got to be like, oh, right. fuck, what the the fuck is going on in there? Um, but but she's still there, and, and she's just hoping to be, she was hoping to be taken off quarantine by uh, Tennessee uh Friday yesterday, uh, but they didn't call her yesterday and they didn't call her today. So they're very busy. I, I understand that they've got issues up there, so they'll yeah. probably get around to her on Monday. But uh, she tested positive, but uh, she's been working through it. It seems to be the same strain that I had, and, and she's going to eventually get off of this and, and be clear probably next week. Yeah, and I think the uh, that's good. That's good news, obviously. I mean, my wife and I and the kids, they were they were praying for you. Um, yeah, we appreciate it very much. So, yeah. Well, you know, the kids were – you would be – maybe you would be because you know my kids some. You don't know Grant much because you haven't really uh, seen him much. Yeah, but, I haven't, heard, yeah. haven't had much conversation with him. That was that – was, cool to hear him and, and have a, actually have yeah, a chat with him. That's that was the until he just decided to be crazy at the end. Um <laughs> he was I was when he asked you, you know, I had that proud papa moment when he, when he actually stopped and was like, "Hey, how are you?" That's awesome. Cuz cuz they both know that, you know, that you had it and and that mm-hmm. that that Angela had it. So, um yeah. They, they've, they've asked a lot. So I was going to say you've been surprised, but maybe you're not that surprised. No, they have asked me a lot about how you were doing, especially with the scare that I just had thinking I had it or being yeah. sick, basically. You know, last Thursday I, got, I was sick, but I presented with what would have been what you would have imagined were more classical symptoms. Right. I had a fever. I had shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the sore throat. Okay. So... And over the five days waiting for my test from when everything started, it was just this 50-50. And at 50% of the time, I would have told you, God, I've got this thing. And the other half, I felt fine. And it was just so random. And it's like I'd feel great, and then I'd feel terrible. So I was dealing with fatigue and fever. I had, I had fever for six days straight. Mm-hmm. So you had continuous. Not continuous fever where I was just – but, no, I had low-grade fevers and that, you know – 99 and a half to 101 range. And those fevers were hitting me off and on for six straight days. Okay. So you, you were having, I had to go, I had to go have the test. Oh, I hated the test. That's not fun. The Q-tip shoved up your nose as far you as know, it could possibly go. I didn't mind. Cause you talked about it. I didn't mind them shoving it up there. It was the burning. Mm, okay. I don't know if you had the burning. I really didn't experience a burning. It was very dis, uh, dis, you know, uncomfortable. Right. So uh, on me, not... it was just like you feel the thing hit up there, and I'm like, oh, all right. You know, it's all right. It's not too bad. And then for about three to five seconds, this just intense burning pain. Oh, um, interesting. Not pressure of the thing being up there, just an, a burning, and it just it, it wouldn't go away. And it was just like I mean, my eye immediately started to water. And they that pulled the thing out. They pulled the thing out, and it was definitely not the same color it went in. <laughs> oh, okay. It wasn't white. I can tell you that when it came out. It was like 
reddish brown and it was just like what is that you know so i didn't mm-hmm. know that i have so my wife is of the assumption she thinks i might have been dealing with something very sinus related because that's eventually after yes. i moved out of my after the first few days what started off in my chest all ended up in my head mm. and all in my nose and in my ear area and then underneath my eye and i do deal with sinus and allergy stuff so my wife thinks that i was dealing with maybe like some type of a sinus infection or something but um, feel a lot better now than I did, but right. in six straight days from Thursday of last week, uh, up until Wednesday of this week, um, fever and Thursday. So two days ago was the first day that I did not have a fever in almost a week. Oh, wow. And the fatigue. So that's why I was just like, oh, I called the doctor and they put me on through the helpline and I had to tell them everything I was feeling. And I'm like, Oh God, I, I walked up the stairs Thursday morning, I was like, okay, got to go to work. I walked up the stairs, one flight of stairs, and I had to sit in my office chair for half an hour to catch my breath. Mm. So I'm telling them this, and they're like, well, you got to go to the hospital. I'm like, can I just get the test? I don't want to go to the hospital. No, no, you need to go have a lung analysis. I just want the test. Please, can I just have the test? (laughs) I'm not dying. I don't feel like I'm going to die. I'm just tired. And... I, I just have no energy and my chest felt like I woke up Thursday morning. It felt like somebody was just sitting on my chest all night. So it was just this pressure and they wanted me to go in and I, just, I'm not, I, I, if I was dying, I'd go in, but I'm not one of these who just goes to run to the hospital. And I was like, I just want the test. And they said, all right, we'll get you in tomorrow. And I took the test and they hated it. And it was, it was over quick, but I didn't enjoy it. it took a few hours before that feeling went away. And uh, Tuesday evening I got the, the word that I was negative and that was good because for five days I had basically been a prisoner on the top level of our house. And so I basically had a computer, a bed, my TV and the bathroom. That was it. If I needed some food, they would put my food on the stairs and I would go down the stairs halfway and pick up my food. Like I had no contact, which sucked because the first time I can remember not being able to hug my kids, kids on father's day. Yeah. Um, so I was careful about it. My wife was very strict about it. So it was, I was stayed away from everybody, but once they all, once, once it came back negative, I got the biggest hugs uh, from those kids that, you know, mm-hmm. that you could imagine. And I needed it after just five days of being on it. So I couldn't imagine what it was like. I was lucky to be quarantined with my kids during the lockdown. I couldn't imagine during the shutdown, having been alone for that entire time. I watched a lot of Netflix and yeah. um, <laughs> um yeah. I told you it was I time also to had... catch up on some Madden or you know uh Right. You said you were gonna be working on your Spanish. I also had Spanish homework, a lot of them still working on that, the taking a Spanish uh, class for the summer. So yeah. Uh, I got to actually use some time uh, in a good way. Um yeah, it is it's interesting about the uh, the actual test for COVID-19 and how everyone had a different reaction to it. So you had yours with a burning. I didn't have a burning. Terrible it was, burning. It was very uncomfortable. It felt like they were digging a Q-tip into my brain. Yeah. Um, and, and I did get the eyes watering thing. My wife uh, had a nosebleed each time she got tested. Um, so that's... Maybe they went a little too know, far. I don't know. Everyone reacted differently. But so... Um, but my thing turned out uh, okay. I'm glad it was just something uh, uh, took all your breath away, took all your uh, stamina could, away. Yeah, but... we, were, 
we were supposed to do this show last Saturday, and I couldn't talk more than a few words without stopping to have to catch my breath. But thankfully, it wasn't a goop. Uh, it wasn't. More on our more on our after show when we come back. I had to giggle because as the uh, the last five seconds of the show is playing, it's when I remembered, hey, I haven't done the plugs and to, to let anyone know where to listen to the show as a podcast uh, if they're listening live. But you know what? Well, I, if you're listening live and you still don't know where to listen as a podcast, that's on you. You know, it's good to know, like, Naj, loyal listener, right? That's great. Love Naj. I mean, you know, obviously he's not hearing us say this now, but just to know that there's somebody – Who's catching us live that actually like, Hey, I'm looking forward to, to hearing from you guys. That feels good. And it's a guy that's always talked nothing but football. So I was really surprised to see him come up. Cause I'm like, what could he possibly yeah. have to talk about right now? Uh, we're not going to talk about Dak Prescott signing the uh, franchise tag. That's just not it interesting. Would, I'm sorry. That is not interesting. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great to hear from now. It's great to hear from anyone in the outside world to, uh, I mean, hold up in here for two weeks. Um, I, I would yeah. next time Naj calls because I didn't want to like we we don't I didn't want to go open wound here with Naj. Is he would have a very interesting story to tell being in Atlanta right now. Yeah, it, that dawned on me too that uh, he's got a, a different perspective than both of us being down in a in a in a hotbed there. Uh, right. Where I am here in Memphis, Atlanta was it's not was, Atlanta. Wasn't George Floyd, but that was was that Rayshard Brooks? Yeah. Oh, uh, that was Atlanta. No. Well, uh, and I'm, I'm before that, I'm on the Arbor. I'm on Arbor. I can't keep down. my cities straight anymore. <laughs> of where that was, but that was Atlanta. Right. Right. Well, that was that was Georgia. I don't know about it was Atlanta, but it was definitely in Georgia. Okay. But uh, yeah, because Atlanta was where they had like the rumor going around the one night during the protests that like the one whole precinct took the night off and went silent. And there was all whole sorts of weird stuff going on during the, the height of all the, uh, the protests, which seemed to have calmed down a bit. Uh, it seems like they did that in Chicago settled. too. They had, uh, yeah, they had they went footage dark. of cops like, uh, holed up in an office somewhere chilling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. That's serve and protect. Okay. Like they were, they were mad yeah. they couldn't go out and and beat all the people up that they wanted to. So they said, "Okay, we're just, we're just not going to go out there at all." I'm going to let y'all kill each other. Go for it. <laughs> oh man, no. So we've apparently we've apparently settled on uh, statues. Apparently, I did not realize with all the momentum of everything going on that that was going to be the thing that that really got the the thing going here, but. That that seems to be what we've settled on right now is statues. I mean, they can't go into these dirty cops' house and take the actual cops and and tear them down in the street and and beat them up. They'd like to, but they can't do that. So in their place, they're tearing down old racist statues. Sure. Got got to do something with that energy. Well, I mean, they're they're trying to take down. They're trying to like here in Wisconsin, they tried to tear down the statue of Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) I'm not joking. Uh no, I believe because it. Abraham he, he Lincoln. Did. Abraham Lincoln may have abolished slavery, but apparently Abraham Lincoln was just wasn't woke enough 150 years ago. So his statue's got to come down. 
he owned slaves as well. He he may have been a good guy in the end, but he also owned slaves. So they're going after all of them. That's the problematic part of all of this is like if we, if we, if we want to boil everything down to one prism of like, that's it. 150 years ago, doing something, although wrong, that was legal, you got to go. That's, it's, that's, that's, that's troubling. It's dangerous. It's, you know, let judge not lest ye be judged. Um, because 150 years from now, do we know how we're going to be looked at? No, we just got to do the best if, we can now, right? Yeah, and it might not be too well. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not of the opinion of anything that happened before 1865 we should just completely wipe off because we are I, – I, I'm big into history. And, you know, there is a – there is the saying that when you kind of forget your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And if we just want to wipe away history and, – and I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be the smartest guy in the room here. There's a lot of people that are out there doing this that don't actually know the history <laughs> they really they don't teach much of that anymore that, <laughs> they heard someone tell them uh, hey this guy used to be a slave. oh okay I'll tear him down but but he abolished slavery he took the but he, but he used to doesn't, matter. doesn't matter doesn't matter so be a slave owner so tear down no, I, yeah it, it, I, I understand that we've it's a way to channel things, but it just doesn't feel like it's the, I thought they had larger aims than let's just, let's, let's do the Saddam Hussein and throw a rope around the statue and pull it over. They do. But but again, uh, those aims going to make you feel better. But what those aims are and what they want to actually do, which is, uh, police reform and, and, uh, make the people in power actually do something about what's going on instead of just say, Oh, we're troubled. We're really troubled by what's going yeah. on. That That's not doing something. Uh, but you know, they can't get them to do anything. So this is the next thing that the, that they're doing. So I, I understand it's very yeah. frustrating when you mobilize and gather these hundreds of thousands of people to march and, and express their frustration over police brutality only for the police to turn around and brutalize them with cameras on them as if they're saying, you know, we really don't give a fuck. We're not going to, we're not going to change. Oh, we're yeah. not going to reform that, and, and nothing's really going to change. That one weekend where you had cops driving over people and people driving over cops. It was just like, Oh man. Yeah. Some of those people that were trying to wear masks were getting the mask pulled down by the police so they could pepper spray them. So in they the could face. spray mace in their face. So what are you going to do? You, you tried to protect yourself, and, and the cops said, yeah. nope, I'd rather you have no mask on so I can spray you yeah. right in the face. So it's just like, I, I just like we got a, eyes on the prize here. And, and then there's, the, of course, the Twitter mob. Oh, the Twitter mob. Oh, why do I do it to myself? <laughs> so the argument is with, with the police brutality. And this is where I have. This is where when you throw the logical statement back around, you ask for the you ask the question that follows that up, and it's sort of like it's sort of 
isolates the point of the question, which is we're, we're not just after one type of police brutality, because what you always hear is that we're angry because police are killing black people at a two and a half times higher clip. That's what you always hear. That's the number, right? Two and a half times more black people by per capita murdered by police. So the immediate question back is, okay, so if black people and white people got killed by police at the same rate, would that be okay? Of course, the answer is no. The answer is no. Nobody should be getting killed (laughs) by police. I mean, obviously, there's. I, I'm not going to say nobody because there's obviously a situation like if guys running around on murderous rampage and he's shooting at people and th- if somebody takes them out. I get it, but oh, like Dylan that Roof. should be yeah. that should be that right. That well, I don't, did I don't know how that ended. Did did he shoot? It at ended the with them taking him to McDonald's because he was hungry, which is oh kind God. of see. But that's uh, that's what I'm saying. So, but but again, that's that's the, what that's I'm the, saying. The, the oh, that's what aboutism. Oh, what about this? Yeah, obviously we know it's broken. What I'm saying is you can't use the statistic as the example because then when you use the point, well, if the same number of white people and black people were murdered per capita by police, would we still be burning down cities? But that's not a a question when you bring up the statistic of how many more blacks per capita get killed than whites. That's not something to be brought up and then question. Like, why? who's looking to question that? Like, don't you just look at that stat and say, oh, that's bad. That needs to be stopped. Like, that's horrible. Like, why are so many black people getting killed per capita? Like, why is it that those many people get taken out? And it just doesn't make any sense. That you, The only justification is, well, the, the black people are obviously more violent or more much more of a threat than white people. And since we know that that's really not the case, and we know that the black on black crime thing is bullshit because more white people kill whites than any other race. So there's no, no one talks about white on white crime. Uh, Since we know they're not inherently more violent uh, races of people. uh, Why in the hell is there so many more black people getting killed than whites? That's not something really to sit there and question and try to parse. So well, no. What, when, what I'm what I'm saying is, if the end, what's the end goal? Is the end goal just to get that number in line, or is the end goal that the number should be zero across the board? I mean, the end like goal nobody. is to stop it. I, I don't know why right. there there has to be a, a some other question about the the white people getting killed. Like this is not really the issue. Like when that that's like the the all lives matter people when. You say Black Lives Matter, then somebody looks over and says, "Hey, hey, hey, over here! Uh, all lives matter. We, we, our lives matter too. Uh, we're not talking about you right now. We're talking about the people that are getting brutal, as in murder. Uh, it's not about other people right this second. We don't have to talk about you right this second. It's not about you right now. It's about black people. But what is the goal? The goal is to stop black people from getting killed by cops. Okay, that, that's it. Full stop." Okay. Unarmed black people. Sure. Then what? I don't. I don't don't know. But let's have that happen and go from there. Let's let's just do that. (laughs) 
But see, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You're saying we got to. Black people can't get killed by police. Can Latinos get killed by police? Can Asians get killed by police? Can white We're people get killed by police? We're not talking about Latinos that, that, and that, that, white people. We're no, no, no. talking about Listen black people. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am talking about it. I am asking you, is it okay? Why would anyone think it's okay? That's just That's what I mean. It's, so it's, it's not it's okay. Wrong so question. that's the goal. The goal is to end police brutality, period. All lives that's matter. Why the statistics, okay. That's yeah. why the statistics. No, no, no. You're saying we got to stop. We got to stop police from killing black people. They can keep killing other people. If they kill other people at the same rate, so this is what you're trying to get at: is to make it seem like it's okay if they make it the same rate as white people, which of course it's not okay. I'm not trying to say that that's what's okay. I'm just trying to say for the people who want to use the statistics, I get pissed off at the statistic that people throw out there. You understand? No, I, I really don't. I, I don't know why a statistic makes you mad. I don't know why facts make people mad in this world. I really don't. Okay. There's tons of statistics out there. Yeah. There's convenient statistics. There's inconvenient statistics. There's, you know, there, there's all sorts of numbers out there. So when I'm, when I'm seeing, and I'm just saying this isn't a Black Lives Matter thing. It's like, you know where I've stood on this whole thing of across the whole spectrum that's a police brutality issue is a bigger problem than just against any one group. I guess my point is that then you can say that, but you don't have to get mad at the stat that the people that are getting killed at a much bigger rate are using. You can be mad at the police for killing people no matter what their color is. But you don't have to then right. turn but around and get mad at the, the other. Because the number is actually a lot lower than it used to be. It used to be worse. It's not worse now than it was five years ago or ten years ago. The number's actually gotten better, believe it or not. You know, five years ago, I believe it was like in the 30s of unarmed black people that got killed by cops. Nobody burned down a city. Nobody, right? Five years ago. I, I believe it's more nine. I think it was the lumber last year, nine or ten, which is still nine or ten too many. That's I why believe I'm it saying is, there's a lot more video proof out there now than there used to be. Right, but the number was much higher previously. So the the, the number has gone down, is what I'm saying. So the people they're, they're throwing statistics out there to back up their point, as if it's just the statistic that matters. When the statistic that should matter is zero. You should not have any unarmed people being murdered by cops. At all. Period. Zero. None. I agree with that. But and to I, have it framed I, back that like, well, that's an all lives matter thing. You're you're a secret racist or whatever people want to say about things. No, no, you have to listen. It's about just this. And it's not just about one thing. Well, it is when that's the thing that's being talked about, and it just gets frustrating when uh, it it really is just, I think, is a simple matter of one of us is part of that group that is trying to talk and bring attention to that issue, and the other is not. So you're you're never really going to see my point or our point. Okay. Well, let me say it back to you then. You'll never understand my point. There. 
Because all that matters is that you're black and I'm white. It doesn't matter that we're individuals. It just matters the color of your skin and the color of my skin. So they're talking about, like, people have to understand, but if the immediate response is, you, you can never understand, well, then why is anybody talking about it? We're trying like, to get people know. to understand, and they turn around with, well, what about this? So I was like, well, what the hell? There's nothing we can do. No, I... It's, it's it's complicated. Yes, it's very complicated. But you know that's why I'm talking about when we, we were boiling things down to just one thing, or it's like looking through the entire history of of of, of history through the race of one thing. Um, with you know, Jesus, you got you slave. You know, slavery still exists in the world today. Absolutely. You know. It's just crazy that we boil everything down and we look at everything through just through one prism. And that's why I'm saying 150 years from now, what's the prism that everything is going to be looked at through? What's the statistic that's everything going to be looked at through to be used to, to judge, you know, and when, when the goal and, you know, with a lot of what's going on out there with the movement, when we talked about this on the last show with the broader movement, which was the police brutality against specifically against let's say the black community was being used to highlight the bigger problem which is police brutality in general that it that was helping to sort of focus it and you didn't disagree with me that it that 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 in order for one group to to get ahead you needed allies from other groups yes i've always agreed in general that the police state is a major problem in america yes uh, black, white, whatever. And I, I, I understand that part. And and therefore, by one group getting the focus on this, it's going to make it better for everybody. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully it just doesn't become, <laughs> can't touch the black guy. Who are we going to kill now? <laughs> no, hopefully it doesn't become like that weekend of reaction by the police to scrutiny, which is to say, we're going to do more beating and brutality and we yeah. don't care what race right. and we don't care if we're being filmed. Right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to beat up old white dudes. We're going to, you know, punch women, you know, we're going to pull down people's masks and spray them in the face with mace. That's the broader mentality. That's, that's you think really we were shitheads before. That's right. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> so yeah, obviously it's going to be a difficult conversation. You know, you and I have been talking about race stuff for, 30 years. It's not always an easy conversation. It's almost never an easy conversation. Right. Well, it, and, and, and every, my life experience and your life experience are different. And I will never, you know, I will never tell you what well, you don't know what it's like to be white. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> Therefore it's true, you know, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think you and I have both, you know, we come from backgrounds where I think we've judged, we, I, you know, we tend to judge people on their character and more than just look at somebody by the color of their skin, which is the very definition of racism for, for, you know, as far as I consider it, not being able to see beyond that is racism. Yeah. And it's not hard for us to do because of, uh, I think a big, huge part of it is the school environment that we came up in where the smartest kids in our school were black and right? white and Latino yeah. and 
all sorts of whatever, you know, whatever color you want to pick out. That's, you know, the, the smartest yeah. kid in school could be anything, could be any color. It didn't matter. And it, it wasn't unusual, you know, for the, for the, for a black kid to be one of the smartest, yeah. you know, we had plenty we of talked, smart kids in our class. We talked about this the one time about how, if you would have sat at our lunch table in high school, I mean, it was Star Trek, right? No, yeah, I'm not, a little bit of everything. I, I'm the, you know, the English, Polish, German, I'm, I'm, I'm everything, you know, I'm European and, you know, American, white, you know, middle class, sort of, you know, lower middle class upbringing. And, you know, there's me and then there's, there's you and you're black. And then there's the Puerto Rican and the Italian and the, and the Chinese. And, and you're going through the names in your heads of everybody who's sitting at that table with us. And I don't think any one of us was looking at the other one as, oh, that's the Puerto Rican. Oh, that's the Italian. Oh, that's the black guy. No, definitely not. So. Until the Alamo Bowl. But we had the China Bowl. Right, before that. As well. Which, yeah, which, which gave us the confidence to think that we could win the uh, the Alamo Bowl. We were we it thought we could, <laughs> we thought we could play with actual high school football players. <laughs> and the sad part was, but by the time we actually figured out how to compete with them, they were blowing us out. They were reporting we into nothing. <laughs> but once we reached a certain point, we did our we did okay. We held our own once we kind of learned, oh, this is what this is all about. They're just going to kick our ass. Oh, their quarterback is never actually going to throw the football. <laughs> like, once we actually figured that out, we started playing better. Oh, we couldn't have played much worse. <laughs> we couldn't have played much worse, but I thought as the, the as that game waned on, for as beat down as we were, I, I thought we actually, for a bunch of just pickup scrubs playing football in the street, I thought we started doing better. Beat down, beat up. That, uh, that, was, was, a beat that down. game was painful. Yeah. Whew. So. <laughs> Still remember. So that's why when I talk about like, oh, God, what was that, junior year? 93, 93, you know, 93 94. years ago? Oh. And I'm, and I'm still hurting. Noe, 30? Where, wherever Noe yeah. is, he st- it still hurts. <laughs> Everybody was hurting us in that game. I, right yeah. early in that game, somebody took a shot on my arm. I could hardly throw a football. Mm. Um, just rough. It was just rough. Yeah. But, hey, we took it, right? It was humbling. We, we, we took <laughs> it. So. One of those life lessons, right? Right. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't ever learned. think too highly of yourself because there's always an Alamo Bowl waiting especially for you. Coming, especially coming off of the, the game that we have dubbed the China Bowl, which was the opposite. Yes. But that was we were that was somebody challenging us. Like, hey, I'm going to get a bunch. And the only fact that the only reason they scored was because they had to take some of our players because they didn't have enough guys. <laughs> Not just some of our players, but Ron, like our best player. <laughs> they, took, they, took, they took Ronnie and Ephraim. Oh God, yeah. And so. as soon as their guys showed up and we got those two guys back, it was over. <laughs> it was all over. Because <laughs> we got Ronnie back, and uh, I believe was that the game that Donnie beat Ephraim for that long touchdown. Was that the China Bowl? That was the China it, Bowl. It might. I'm thinking been. that was the China Bowl because I remember it was a really short throw, and and it was at one of those where like Ephraim sold out. And, and Don yeah. made a really nice catch and did this little spin thing, and it was just 80 yards of just nothing but 
wide open ground and all you guys blocking downfield for him. And you could have like Donnie could have had like the chariots of fire theme going <laughs> for like one of his crowning movements on that, like literally five yard pass. That was the Tom Brady special. That was like the it five was. yard pass was, that turns in. I was going to bring that up. I'm pretty sure it was an inside slant and uh, one yep. missed tackle and Donnie was gone. It was an inside slant, but it was like back shoulder. It's amazing how you remember this stuff. It was like a back <laughs> shoulder throw. So I remember because it wasn't just a straight slant. He actually had to turn around in the slant. Like I threw it behind him. Like I probably missed the throw. And so it we was had to make an adjustment. He spun to catch the ball. And as he spun to catch the ball, he, the guy defending him basically dives and goes sliding kind of off his back and falls flopping on the ground. So he comes out of the spin with nobody in front of him. Yep. And then he's just, just off. It's like, I can still see the, it's so crazy. You know, when the athletes, and we're no, by no means athletes, but it's like, Wait, when there they were go athletes back, there? What, when it, I missed uh, them. Where, where were they? I use that term loosely. <laughs> but when they go back and they talk to these guys, right? And they, they remember the pitch. Or they, oh, I remember that. That was a two seam fastball, and I was going to try to cut it inside. And then the guy, it's like, you remember yeah. those things. It's like, you yeah. can see the snapshot. Of the, I could see the throw, I can see the catch, I can see the spin, I can see him running. It's like it's amazing how I forget other things, but you can remember something like that—the most minute little details on a play in a pickup game of football. I definitely remember Donnie running the gore because I was like his career highlight. That was um, not the career highlight that he had uh, that time I laid him out. <laughs> That, that would be a career low light. I remember laying them out so hard that, like, the team congratulated me because I was never really, <laughs> yeah. like, a hard-hitting tackler. I remember D yeah. coming over. And he was, like, the football. Like, he was the hard-hitting football player. Yeah, he was actually on the football team. And coming over after I laid that lick on Donnie and, like, giving me a hug because I laid him out so bad. <laughs> and the, the, the worst part of this is everybody's all cheering and, like, giving me, like, uh, trying to carry me off to, like, victory, and Donnie's laying on the ground. Donnie is writhing on the ground. <laughs> I thought guard. we were... Guard, I remember that. And he's laying there, his mouth guard's just kind of, like, hanging out of his mouth, and he's just writhing on the ground, like, oh! But Donnie got I hurt. thought we were going to have to... Well, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I thought we were going to have to take him to Rush uh, Presbyterian Hospital, but there were six or seven other times where I thought we were going to have to take Donnie to Rush. So, uh, but but yeah. you gave him one of those times. Yeah, you you got so, you got a you got a jacked up. I did. That was probably one of my only ones because tackling was not my. I was a big guy, but tackling just wasn't my thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's not it for everybody. It's not. You know, some people are. You know, I was I was the quarterback. I was really the guy out there laying the lumber. Right. So I sized that one up. That felt good too. <laughs> you took that every... was like the shoulder in the rib cage. That was the Mike Singletary man. That was the shoulder in the rib cage with the wrap up and then the, like the, the the body slam. Yeah, the finish. You, you drove through. Yeah. <laughs> the coach will be proud. He jumped. Why would you jump <laughs> for a lateral? He jumped for a lateral. I, I don't know. And I was full speed, and I just, there you go. I remember it. I could tell you where we were on the field when that happened. We were across the street on the other side by the fence. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Um, so we weren't on the field that we usually play on. We were across the we street were, there. Well, we were, uh, you know, we, we would, you'd come out, and then you would go across the street, and we'd play on that field. 
but we yeah. were all the way at the far end of it. Oh, okay. And uh, like across from Skinner, that far end. Yeah. And it was by the gate, which was like the end zone. And it was pretty deep. And I just remember, I could tell you, like, we'd probably go down there right now and you and I could stand there and I could be like, this was the spot, man. <laughs> this was the spot where I laid him out. My my one great hit. This is my big stick, man. My right one here. tackle. I think my shoulder still hurts. <laughs> LeBron fucking James can, uh, after a game, uh, you can ask him 332 yeah. left in the third quarter what happened, and he'll tell you exactly the yeah. play that was run and, and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had this guy on ISO and, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. little, some, some of these guys. Are, gave him a little shimmy shake. It's like, come on. what are you? Th-? And then you go back and know that's really what he did. That, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they, they, some of these guys are savants, man. It's incredible. Yeah. And you talk to um, these, you watch, especially if you watch MLB Network and they're talking to these pitchers and they'll tell you the pitch they threw to the guy in the seventh Oh, yeah, I remember that. that was oh, my God. 1995, September 23rd. Um, yeah, I think I started him, him with, the, with the gas inside and then came back with the slider away. And, and, oh, then he threw oh. his little cutter, but didn't cut yeah. quite enough. Man, he really got me. <laughs> I remember, man. I remember exactly. Watch what happens on two pitches from now, because it's going to be disgusting, man. I'm going to throw this two-seamer, and he's going to just measure it. Yeah. That's been fun to to listen to some of those uh, flashbacks, uh, watching some of these old games. Uh, We had a – I had a a school – uh, schoolmate flashback, and I had completely forgotten about it. And then you started oh. talking about all these old people. Uh, no, it, it turned out to be good. It was actually sweet. Oh, somebody that I had no idea who it was uh, messaged me on Facebook. Absolutely no idea who it was. Complete random person. And the question they asked me was, "Hey man, did you go to Whitney Young?" Well, I assumed it was a former classmate that I'd forgotten about or something. Um, I'd have been like, uh, no, well, who are you? <laughs> uh, checked out his profile to see if it was a, if it was from Russia, uh, but he seemed like he was a legit person. Um, but I'd still never heard of him at all. I said, uh, I answered, yeah, and he said, did you know Myra Flores? And why does that I, sound so familiar? Uh, Marty, uh, one of our football players, yeah, Marty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marty, his girl, yeah, yeah. And so I, it's, it's funny. Um, so Myra and I were really close friends. She uh, gave me a lot of dating advice. The the girl I was dating nice at the time. Um, and it worked. Was it good? Knowing your dating experience <laughs> in high school, I'm going to say that was some bad advice. I've gotten really good advice from really good people over the years. That you it doesn't mean I've use. taken it. <laughs> But Myra was one of those giving really good advice. She was a really good friend. She was a friend of the uh, girl Jamie that I was dating as well. So we, yeah. uh, we, we were all friends. I, I had a lot of affection for Myra. Um, I think in another time and place we could have probably gotten together because we had a lot of conversation. We 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 had a lot in common and we really liked each other. So the funny part was that I still not knowing who this guy was. And actually my first instinct was he's going to tell me she died or something. Um, so what I wound up responding back was. Your first response should have been, it's not mine. <laughs> I don't care what they said. It's not mine. I like that one. Uh, no, hey, uh, hey. 
No, I wound up responding, uh, yeah, uh, what did I say? I said, yes, uh, great person or something like that. Yeah. What I wanted to say was, yes, great person loved her and left off the loved her part because, again, I was afraid he was going right. to come back and say that she just died and that would have been. Or you were been... worried that this was a producer for the Maury Povich show. <laughs> you are not the father. <laughs> it, that would not be uh, a possibility. I'm but, just, uh, <laughs> not in that case. Not in that case. Uh, like I like I say every Father's Day, I'm not a father. Not as that I know. Far of. As I know. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> oh, so I didn't want to be inappropriate, so I didn't say, uh, "Yeah, great girl," uh, and loved her. I just said, yeah, "Yeah, great girl." And his next response back was like a long paragraph that started out with, "She's my wife." Uh oh. And I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't say, yeah, great girl, I loved her. That's called being, that's called maturing and dodging a bullet because you've known me for 30 some odd years. Maybe. You know. Maybe she gave you that advice and you didn't know it 30 years ago. And it stuck all this time. Maybe. Um, As you know. Strange uh, man contacts you someday. (laughs) Don't profess your love for anyone. That's that's good advice for all of us. Um, as you know, being mature and doing the right thing is not something I've got a lot of ex- experience doing. But as I've gotten older, I guess I've gotten a measure of maturity. Um, basically, he uh, was saying that they, they're married. They've got kids. Uh, apparently, they've got grandkids, which really threw me oh for a loop. Myra's a grandmother. Um, and he was contacting me because they were talking about high school experiences and she was saying that it was in general, not, uh, a great experience, but she specifically mentioned my name as a good experience as somebody that was a, a very good friend from high school. And the reason he was contacting me was because she's one of these people that doesn't do social media. She doesn't have a profile. Uh, but he, smart. I guess, just <laughs> probably very smart. Uh, so I guess he was just uh, searching for me on Facebook because she mentioned that I had oh. a really great friend in high school. And he found me and messaged me and just basically said she's uh, spoken very highly of me and has great regard for me and sends her best wishes. And he has respect for anybody that she uh, has great regard for and that I must be a really good guy if she's been speaking highly of me all these many years, which it, it has been, what did we say? 93, 94, so 26, 27 time. years ago? <laughs> a, long a, lo- a long time. Yes. A long time. Um, and, and I said, I, I must have had her fooled very well. She thinks that highly of me, but uh, but no, we, uh, we've had a few more back and forth uh, real quick that he was catching me up on her uh, she, he sent me pictures of her and her children and, and uh, grandkids and stuff like that, and pictures of them. Uh, and But basically, it was just a, a rando out of nowhere contacted me to send me a, a long, long, long-distance shout-out from Myra from uh, all the years ago. And that was very sweet. That, you know, he that, didn't have to do that. that. She didn't have to do that. pretty cool. It is. Just random out of nowhere. And I, and I really did. Uh, I, I won't say I loved Myra, but I really did have a lot of affection for her. She's a very, very sweet girl from what I remember from 1993 or 94. Um, and uh, Myra and I had a very brief reunion run-in 
back in, I think it was 2009 is when I went uh, downtown to uh, the former ESPN restaurant that they had in downtown Chicago back when I was living in Chicago, ESPN zone. Uh, when I went down there to win the, the sports spelling bee championship, which is another stupid ass story that, that I might tell somewhere down the road. You've never uh, told that on the show. Or have I? I? We've been doing this show for what eight years now, so I a may long have time. Told it. A, long a long time. time. I, I may have told it before. Our election um, year shows are always exciting. <laughs> uh, but I actually ran into her randomly on the steps, uh, going. She's going oh. home from work, and I'm coming up the steps to go to the ESPN Zone, and we uh, hugged and said hello, and she gave me her phone number, and we talked on the phone back in 2009 for like three hours, and that was, but that was just to catch up on what the hell happened since high school, and then ever, and since then, now I've gotten married, and she's obviously gotten married. She had a kid already, but now she's got grandchildren, but uh, she wasn't married at that point, uh, so this was another catch-up from, from back in the in the past, so me and Myra seem to, I guess, uh, catch up with, with each other every 10 years approximately, so I guess uh, 2031 or 2032, I'll, I'll get another uh, uh, shout out from her somehow. I'm, I, I won't be running into her because I'm not in Chicago anymore. But uh, but that was that was very cool. That was a very interesting uh, interaction, and, and it ended a lot better than I thought it would. Because again, I thought he was going to say, "You remember Myra Flores? She's dead." Thank you. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good because yeah. that's right. That's like yeah, you get the blast from the past. It's usually for something like that because we've had exactly. classmates die or you know right yeah we're, we're getting to that age unfortunately the the something like no. that is probably more likely yeah. than not we we've, we've gotten to that age right we're not getting there we've already gotten there and it's not like that was recent i know we've had I mean, we had a couple of grade school friends die a long time mm-hmm. ago yet so mm-hmm. yeah we didn't have a big class there wasn't a lot of us no there wasn't 25 ish yeah that sounds about right it seemed to be the average number i mean some years it was lower some years because kids would come and go and um but i want to say it was 25 or 27 by the time we reached i mean i could go back and probably find a picture and count <laughs> but <laughs> i know it was under 30 i, I just got to go back I'm, I'm following zishan on facebook now I, I got to get to his restaurant. I got to get back back up there to Chicago and, and see what this guy's cook, cooking up. Because you talk about the last person I thought would go into the restaurant business and be, you know, serving people and be yeah. around people or whatever. Zeeshan was not a people person when we were in school. He he had some, some anger uh, issues and, and kept to himself yeah, a lot. But like quiet anger. Yeah, he was kind of seething quiet. and You would hit a button of like talking yeah. about his last or something and he was the quiet anger, and uh, I remember going. Uh, I, I remember going to his house a few times, their apartment. Um, Indian, very, yeah. very, very Indian <laughs> very house. Indian. Very Indian, like the whole house, the whole, the whole apartment building, like the whole walk up the stairs. You get the curry smell. You leave. You smell like curry. Um, <laughs> but gave me an appreciation for the food. It was good food. It was, Obviously, I mean, I was lucky. For professionally. I, was lucky. I, grew up, I grew up going. I grew. I grew. I grew up in a building with a family that lives on the third floor. That's you know, the mom and the dad are from Ecuador and Colombia. So mm. those were the kids on the. You know, I lived on the bottom floor, and they were up on the top floor. I was in the garden. 
apartment, the garden apartment, the garden apartment. Um, Chicago, garden. only Chicago has garden apartments, by the way. Um, <laughs> people don't understand what a garden apartment is. The city of Chicago is virtually sinking into a swamp. Um, so they raised the sidewalks so that you weren't in shit. And by raising the sidewalks, the buildings were artificially lower. So you created basements in what used to be a main floor level. And that's how you had uh, the garden apartment, which was half above ground and half submerged. Um, there's a little Chicago history for you, which I'm sure you knew. Um, oh, yeah. That's rid the of the I, lived, once. I grew up in the garden apartment. So we were half below ground and half above. And uh, they were up on the top floor. And uh, after my aunt moved out, because it was, you know, he was in Chicago, he had the whole family had the building, right? So we were on the bottom floor, and then my grandparents were above them, and then her sister, my aunt, was above there. And that was the way it was in Chicago. You had these three stories, these three flats that were all, you know, families. And each floor was a different part of the family. And there was Chicago, a lot of Chicago was like that. But when my aunt moved out, the, the, the family from um, South America moved in, and they had kids that were around my age. So those were my those were my friends growing up at home. You know, obviously I had you and Tim and all the you know Prentice and all the kids at Skinner, but none of us really could hang out together, right? Because we were from all over the city. So that was those were like the hangout kids at home, and uh, that that gave me the appreciation for like Latin slash we can't really call it Mexican, but it's very heavily influenced, but that food. And yeah, I, I was lucky to grow up liking all these ethnic foods. <laughs> I wish I would have grown up, grown up around some uh, ethnic food besides my own. <laughs> I actually don't like my ethnic food. A, a lot of it anyway. I don't, uh, I don't get down on pig intestines. I never have, and I never will. So you were hanging out down at the moo and oinks. We got baby, baby, baby back (laughs) But that was the south side place, right? Uh, One of them, yeah. Um, That was like, what was that, Western down by like 63rd? I think they had a couple of them. I think they had another one in the the 40s. Okay, Um, the one way down. uh, Yeah. I by what I guess would be Marquette Park area was the right. one that I was. Yeah. But my grandmother being from Mississippi, she uh, could make a mean mess of chitlins and uh, fried chicken <laughs> was a, was a staple in our house and fried fish and really fried anything. Um, and we had the mandatory uh, jar of p- uh, pig's feed in the back of the fridge. Uh, and I, I didn't lost me. <laughs> I didn't touch the pigs. I've never had pigs feed, and I've never had chitlins. Uh, chitlins are the most disgusting thing. I grew up with what smelling. would be a lot of like traditional Southern food, you know, like okra. The okra. Okra. It's not okra. Not okra. 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 Mm-hmm. Okra. And I said that properly. Um, <laughs> that was because I. You know, spent summer. I I have still probably to this point spent more of my life in Tennessee than you have, even though you live there. Um, by virtue, I'm of spending, catching up. Catching up. You're probably at or getting ahead of me for being a Tennessean because I was an honorary Tennessean because for two decades I was down there for multiple months a year. <laughs> I'm 
nine oh. years of Memphian now. Nine, yeah, you're probably ahead of me now. You've probably got more Tennessee uh, in you than I do. That was only about two yeah. hours from where you live, which is funny. You know, that, that yeah. our, our, now we have the Tennessee connection. But we were talking, we've been talking about needing to get down there. Yeah, and my wife and I have been talking for the longest about getting up there because I haven't been up there since you guys got married. I'm, I cannot oh. wait to get into your house and tell your kids that, you know, kids, the last time I was here, you didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. You weren't here yet. Yeah. Don't tell them how you got hit on at my wedding, okay? <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. I wonder how that woman is, is doing. Oh. Uh, Let's just not talk. That, that was... That, that was very strange. <laughs> it was special. You know what? It's a wedding. Stuff like that happens yeah, all the time. It, that, that's right. You, it's, it's all about love. If, if that was the most severe thing that happened at your wedding, that's a tame-ass wedding, boy. That's. I don't think anything I, else I really happened. I remember there was a couple, like, we, we couldn't tell if they were breaking up or not at our wedding. Ah. If you remember. I think I'm. I think I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah, like it was like there was some there was some like young kid drama going on that was just like it, right the, whatever, and then eventually it migrated from the tent where we were in to the building where we got married, which was like a hundred feet away. Um, I remember going back at one point because it was so hot in that tent and it was so cold outside. I kept having and I was strep throat, so I didn't even know I was so sick. Um, right. I didn't feel good, but it turns out I was really sick at the wedding. And uh, on the honeymoon, especially, was when it really hit us. And I remember going from the tent to the building because I just needed to cool off because it was so hot in the tent with the heaters pumping the hot air. And I was there's more of this drama going on. I'm like, I got to go back in the tent. (laughs) I don't need this. This is my wedding day. Take your your high school drama somewhere else. But but again, if if that's the most severe thing that happened, you you had a good one. Yeah, it was for the amount of people at at, at, at my wedding. It was relatively light on drama. I don't think there was much in the way of drama. It was a, it was not, a fun not, wedding. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad yeah. you were there. I was glad to be at yours, even though I made everybody mad. <laughs> How did you make everybody mad? Because I, I didn't, I wasn't super excited about Angela's uncle when I announced him. And the girl <laughs> jumped up and took the microphone from me. And what was were you supposed team. to do? Take out pom-poms? And, and oh, no. I don't know. She's not like me. Yeah, my uh, there's some people on my wife's side of the family that are, let's say, a little high strung. And uh, if it's the same person, if it's the same person <laughs> I think you're talking about, then yeah. Didn't like me. I was an outsider, and I, <laughs> I hadn't met any of these people before. And you had asked me to do the announcing, and I did the prepared statement for, um, I think it was your wife's uncle. Yeah, Moselle. Who's Moselle? Yeah, I remember. See, do you know why I remember his name? Because that girl hates me. (laughs) (laughs) This the girl I'm thinking of is his. uh, That would be his son's wife, and and she doesn't kind of. She kind of doesn't like anybody. It's not you, Um, Mm. because she was. I don't think she's like. I don't think she liked me very much at the beginning. Oh no! Oh no! 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 She jumped up. She <laughs> took that. She gave this like super. Did up to that point just introducing people and keeping the thing moving along and doing my best? And I introduced him, and it was not excited enough. Okay. And, and I 
that I get some some side eye and some glares for the rest of that dinner. <laughs> oh well, I, I apologize I for that. I, I really, <laughs> I, I really didn't know about all of that, right? It wasn't about me. It's a person I think uh, that you're talking about. That she she kind of scares everybody. So that's back in my wedding pictures. She was at my table. <laughs> okay, now I got to get the album out and, and try to see if, if that's who I think uh, you're talking about. She was the, very the white. This really stuck out <laughs> at a wedding. Yeah. I'll I'll check that out and, and definitely uh... your face just like Dottie beating Ephraim. Man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to look into that. <laughs> I didn't know we had drama uh, at my wedding. It was just, uh, I thought. Drama. I remember being like, that was like that uncomfortable moment. Like, oh, did I do something wrong? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know anything about that. I thought we had the most boring wedding of all time. But... I remember after it happened, my wife's sitting there and giving me that look like, the fuck was that? <laughs> I didn't know that happened. So, but yeah, it's been uh, nine years for for both of us. Uh, my actual wedding anniversary isn't here yet. It's in October. I'm officially across the nine, and you're coming right. up. Yep, but but it has been nine years that I moved down here to Memphis. Yeah. You'll uh, be happy to know that you know the the cute factor. I mean, you were talking to her today, and she's eight and a half almost. Man. Rant will be six in August. Crazy. We announced last uh, time, the, last time the Brant, he was in a baby carrier. I mean, he was a baby, baby. That was when I was. That's when we were down there for my grandpa's funeral. Yeah, yeah. Is that when we went? I, was, I couldn't eat my food. Oh. I spent the whole time in the bathroom. Right, yeah. yes, yes. I've seen you since then, because I've seen you in Chicago for um, for baseball stuff, but that was the last time you saw my kids. Wow, that is a long, long time ago. Almost, yeah, uh, about probably five years ago now. Something like that, yeah, four or five years. Yeah, we, uh, my wife uh, and I talked... Yeah. Back when we were traveling, back before the coronavirus, uh, we we talked about the... Being a travel agent, by the way, um, it's has not been easy. Um, okay. She's been base, she's been basically just diving into doing uh, as many like online classes for yeah. that industry as she can, just to keep uh, herself like busy. Be- or was that what she right. was like all in on that? Or no, she still has her full time job. Oh, okay. Thankfully, <laughs> thank God, because I didn't need to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy to go, you know, hell of a lot of time, you know. Uh, <laughs> I do, though I just, just did kind of say that, but no, I chose I'm the right not, time. I'm not going to pretend like she wouldn't love to one day have enough business as a travel agent yeah. to quit the other job, the, the full-time job, but definitely not happening yet, uh, especially after the, the coronavirus. Right side. Um, Now's the time learning about that because how many people who are in that full time just won't come out of this the same. 
yeah, the world is going to change in in so many different ways out of this, uh, which actually reminds me of, um, I know what, uh, I haven't talked to, well, I have talked to my wife a little bit about this. I definitely haven't talked to you about this, but I know how I feel about uh, masks and, and trying to be safe in general. I know how you feel about it. Um, but I have a, a sort of a theory or uh, how I think things might be in the future. And I, I, we can end the show by getting your uh, observations and comments on this. Well, I'm bringing, yeah. Uh, how do you think, yeah, how do you think our culture uh, uh, in America is going to handle going forward uh, they, uh, wearing masks and, and trying to protect themselves and protect other people because they haven't handled it well thus far. Uh, not that everybody is being, you know, assholes about it, but a lot of them are. Right. Um, I'm bringing a, to- a totally different perspective. I'm bringing, uh, I'm going back to all the Japanese pro wrestling that I've watched in my life, like 20 some odd years of wrestling from Japan where yeah. it has not been unusual at all to pan the crowd and see people wearing masks, uh, like surgical masks. This yeah. is something they've always done over there. Not all of them, not even half of them, but a lot of them, a, a significant portion of the, the, sec, the uh, a significant section of fans have worn masks in public to any public gathering with a lot of people, not because of, obviously not because of coronavirus, because they just don't want to catch shit. There's a lot of shit out there. And so it's not unusual at all. And so my thinking is I'm actually prepared to possibly wear a mask out in public uh, for the rest of my life. I don't have a problem wearing a mask until the day I die because of all the shit that's out there. And especially right now, because of coronavirus, uh, but I bring the perspective of, hey, there's other cultures, for instance, in Japan, where they don't have a problem at all wearing masks because they just know that there's stuff out there. And it's probably a smart thing to do, no matter yeah. uh, what you think about how it looks or, or if it affects your manliness or whatever, or they can't take my freedoms or whatever bullshit excuse. <laughs> uh, it's just, sure. it's the smart thing to do. It's, it's smart. And I wonder if you feel about that. Are you are you wearing a mask now that you've gotten through a, a sick uh, situation? I and... have I have worn a mask. If I if it is required of me, I have worn it. I had to go visit my mom in the hospital a few times. I wore a mask. Obviously, you have to do it. Um, went and got my hair cut. I had to wear a mask. I wore a mask. If I don't have to wear a mask, I generally don't. And it's okay. not like a macho and... thing. It's just I just. Still do it. And in the future, do you see yourself uh, amending that, or you're just gonna sort of keep that stance of "Nah, I just don't feel like it." No, because the mask is this is gonna be a bad analogy. So I admit this is a bad analogy up front, but it's the American flag after 9/11 thing, right? Everybody put their American flags out after 9/11. I didn't, because the whole point was at some point you're gonna have to take that flag down. And, and that's going to be just as disrespectful as the day you would, you know. So I just didn't do it because it's like if you if you support something, you don't have to. That that was like your entire country virtue signaling. And I, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of sense that there's a lot of people wearing masks for virtue signaling reason. Like, oh, look at me, I'm wearing a mask. And you know who these people are because they're the people on Facebook 
that have profile pictures of them wearing a mask. Because <laughs> that was probably taken in your house or in your car. And you put the mask on. Look at me, I'm wearing a mask. So there's an element to that, which is the, there is a herd mentality to some of this. Um, no, just standing around outside or at work. I mean, we're already being told to socially distance. So you're automatically keeping yourself farther away from people and they're training us to all like stay away from each other now. So I, I, you know, and I can move around. I work in a very open area, so I don't let people get right on top of me. Um, but no, I don't, I don't want to miss. Now, if I got told I had to, I would. So there's that, where's Naj, the authoritarian? He needs to come in here and tell me to, (laughs) to your point, I was looking at the statistics, uh, you know, of, of deaths, uh, deaths per capita and United States, uh, uh, actually cases per capita. United States is 12th in the world. We have the 12th highest per capita infection rate in the world. So even though we have the highest number of cases, we're actually 12th per capita. Japan is 162nd. <laughs> wow, it's almost like they got the message early on and said, you know, we're going to put masks on and social distance and do the right thing. And going back in our culture years and years and years, we know to keep masks on <laughs> because right. it's just better. Uh yeah, no, I don't think it's going to happen. Didn't it, 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 you, you go back and you look at like the Spanish flu came and went, and this is what everybody's comparing it to, and it had its peak, and then it had a dip, and then it had a huge second peak, and then it went away. It, it, you don't go back and see pictures from 1922 or 1927 or 1935, and everybody's just out there running masks. It will, the the, the coronavirus will eventually it'll get cured or it'll fade away eventually. I'm not Trump or it's like I'm gone tomorrow. But eventually it'll go away and no, people are not going to be, it feels like it. Um, but if I'm projecting this out, no, people are not just going to be wearing masks, you know, ad infinitum here forever. I mean, even if you look at the United States, ninth in the world, we have the ninth highest death rate in the world. 387 people die per million people in the country right now. So yeah. I, I wish we would would be 1%. Right. We're at 387. So that's point zero zero. That's so it's so low. So the, even you getting it and me thinking I had it, the chances of getting it and dying from it are still infinitesimally small. And, and really yet it would de- it would be even smaller if people would just do the smart thing and put a fucking mask on. So that's but all. For how long? Just... When does it stop? When the numbers go away? Because when, when the virus goes away, you take off the mask. I can't speak for anyone else. I'm ready to wear it until I'm dead. I don't. I don't have a problem with wearing a mask forever. You're scared because you watch the news. You watch. I don't know. You watch. CNN or NBC or Fox. Probably not Fox. But I'm just saying. I don't know which one you watch. But no, they, they I actually don't. Your, all gonna die you're all gonna die it's twitter it's facebook but you do get my point though about the virtue signaling people with the masks come on people really do i need I, come on come i get on. your point that taking a picture of it and putting it on social media is probably unnecessary but at the same time if you're if the signal you're virtuing is i'm smart and i'm doing the smart thing that experts say to do then i don't see what's wrong with that that's that's a good signal to virtue i'd say it's better than the people just screaming at each other and uh, 
in, in Target and, uh, and, and all these other stores. If I was shopping and like, you know, we went on, uh, we took a one day vacation um, real quick before they get cut off. We took a one day vacation right before uh, I went back to work, just one night at the hotel and then back home. And it was my wife and my daughter, we were going to go in a store and, you know, hey, Matt. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.